I figured out that that we don't get to choose. Some things we don't get to choose, but other things we do get to choose. And we get to choose to live. We get to choose to embrace life. We get to choose to have joy, to be happy, to love people. Those are choices we get to make every single day. What is up our fellow Legacy Ninjas? What would life look like for you if the worst case scenario, whatever that is for you, took place in your life? How would life look like for you if that took place? Where would you be? Would you be where you're at at this point in time? Or would that situation dictate and show up in your life that you decide not to show up and play big and impact the lives of others? Each of us go through situations and handle it differently. But that's the power of creating your community and creating your circle of close people that can lift you up. On this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Kim Sorrell. Within this conversation, Kim shares a situation that she went through, a tragic situation that would have knocked a lot of us out of life that may have led us to a place that we may never have recovered. Ultimately, that's up to you, though, on how you look and perceive a situation. After the situation took place for Kim, she went on a journey to find out what true love actually means and how that shows up in the life of others. So imagine if you took that situation for yourself and went and extracted a key, a nugget that you can turn around and give to somebody else what life would look like. So within the episode, myself and Kim, we talk about love and the legacy that you create by finding and tapping into true love. Love being the center point for everything. And then the power of choice. Ultimately, everything that happens, it's up to you. It's your perspective. You have that choice. So after this episode, take a deep dive and find that one situation that maybe you haven't wanted to go face again and go dive into it if you're ready for that. Extract the lesson, bring it forward, share it with other people, go impact the lives of others. Enjoy the episode and we'll catch you later. What is up, our fellow Legacy Ninjas? Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legacy Digging with Two Native Sons. Uh, Scott today, Patrick is not feeling well, so it's just myself. And we have a guest on today with us, Kim Sturrell. It's phenomenal when you get to meet and connect with people and have their stories shared and the impact of what they've gone through on their journey how that can impact how they view the world and how the legacy that they're creating is being put out there. And so very grateful to have Kim on with us today. So Kim, when you think about everything that you've gone on, the journey that you've been on, and you think about the idea of love and the idea of legacy, how do you see those two things going hand in hand? Great question, Scott. Thanks so much for having me, by the way. I'm thrilled to be here. I think love is everything. Love is everywhere. And human connection is what it's all about. Animal connection, that's great too. Uh, But human connection, it's all about relationships. And so love is the center, should be the center of all relationships. But understanding love is where it needs to begin. And so the journey that I've been on 
to really seek it out and figure it out and understand love. Uh, I think that that is what is my legacy. And I, that's huge because the, the fact that when we connect with people, love is one of those foundational pieces that we may overlook or the fact that we have this idea of love being some different avenue with what was shown to us as we grew up or maybe the relationships that we have. And the story, the journey that you've been on, the start of that, having the cancer diagnosis for you and your late husband, having that potentially could really bring somebody down and maybe knock them off. And so when you look at having the loss of your husband and going through the the battle with cancer, what did that do for you in regards to the perspective that you've had within life and the connection piece and really building that legacy and impacting other people by maybe shifting the perspective when it comes to love and the journey that each of us are on? So, uh, yes, cancer is a horrible word, should never be spoken. It's unfortunate when somebody gets a cancer diagnosis, right? And so that alone, and, you know, it's funny because people would say to me after I was diagnosed with breast cancer, why you, why you, you do things, you help people, you whatever. And I always thought, why not me? You know, there are things in life we can't choose that we have no control over. I wouldn't choose cancer. And then four months later, my husband having cancer and dying six weeks later, I would never have made those choices. We were going to be the old people on in the rockers on the porch drinking lemonade, right? And so at 47 years old to find myself single and not knowing what's ahead, I figured out that, that we don't get to choose. Some things we don't get to choose, but other things we do get to choose. And we get to choose to live. We get to choose to embrace life. We get to choose to have joy, to be happy, to love people. Those are choices we get to make every single day. And so those are the choices I make every day. Uh, oh, man. And that's such a powerful thing when you think about it, having the, the power of choice, how you look at things, the perspective that you have. And it's it's one of those peculiar things when you have individuals that ask questions, why you, why did it happen? And it can cause those questions to come up. But when you have that shift in the perspective, the shift in how you view life, it can open up a very large swath to how you connect with people. And then the, the interesting thing is as you're connecting with people and building those relationships, that really drives and dictates that uh, legacy that's being built and being put out there because ultimately Patrick and I brought this up that building a legacy is a team sport. And so why we're building and as we're going through life, the relationships are vital for the foundation of success for the extension of the legacy that each of us are going and extracting and digging and so it's it's interesting when you have those type of interactions and you have individuals ask those type of questions. I know you have another part of the journey that really helped you tap into really exploring and finding the true meaning of love and would love to hear that piece, that journey that you went on and kind of the discovery that you found with what love really means, the true aspect of love and whatnot. So we'd love to hear that piece and really everything that's moving forward for you. Sure. So losing my husband made me question love. I loved that man. I adored that man. From the minute I met him, I met him 
And 10 days later, I asked him to marry me and he said yes. And we got married less than a year later. And I, I felt like we were always dating. We were always in that, that butterfly in the stomach stage. That, but it grew deeper, of course. I was in love. I was in love with that man. He was a great guy. And so then losing that love, that big, immense love, made me question the reality of love. And what did I really know about it? And what did it really mean? So I decided that I would devote an entire year to figuring out the truth about love, what love really is. So I took a 2,000-year-old poem that you hear at a lot of weddings. You hear a lot of things, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Does not boast, etc. And I decided I would take one word at a time and spend an entire month on it and figure out, well, what is love that is patient? What is love that is kind? And there are actually 14 words. And so it took me a bit longer than a year. But what I found out was every single one of those words, you put love is or love is not in front of it, and it changes the entire meaning. And even knowing one or two of those meanings changes a life. So it totally changed my life, especially knowing all 14. And so I did the homework for everybody. (laughs) I lived it. And most of the time I did, I was in Haiti. You know, added a little bit, I think, to the to the whole thing. But uh, I figured out some pretty cool stuff. Going to another country, I, I've heard a lot of people that express really going and immersing yourself in another culture, another lifestyle that we're not normally used to seeing, does open up your eyes, and it can open up your heart and your spirit to tap into something different that a lot of people overlook and whatnot. And so when you think about being able to connect with the individuals of Haiti, and I know you talked about part of that journey being chased by motorcycle gangs and living on bare floors, snakes, and spiders, the perspective as you're building what it means, what true love is, those interactions that you had, what were some things that really stuck out by being involved with the Haitian uh, community and those different things that took place for your journey while being in Haiti for uh, that year? Yeah, so one of the things that happened, happened the very second month. It always took me until the end of the month to figure it out. It took a whole month, but I would just go around, love is kind, love is kind, love is kind, and look for it everywhere. But I love to go to the place I'm in, it's called the Home for Sick Children, and it's run by uh, Mother Teresa's Order, the Sisters of Charity, And I love to go in the lower level because that's where the babies are. So there's just Mm. this sea of cribs. And I love to pick out one baby to just help feed and change diapers and just cuddle and coo and smile all day long and connect with one. So I got there and I looked around and I saw a beautiful newborn, which you don't see a lot of newborns there. But I saw this newborn in this pink sleeper, likely worn by some baby girl in the U.S. or some other country and then donated to Haiti. And so that's where I went. I went over and learned that this was Christopher in the Mm. pink star. And he had an IV, he had oxygen going in his nose. And so I reached down and held his hand and wondered what was going on. And, And so as the morning went on, the story unfolded. And I looked at the end of the crib and there was a woman standing there. And she looked so sad, but she was wearing this cotton dress with yellow smiley faces on it. 
And so, you know, her dress is saying happiness and sunshine and her demeanor, everything about her was just like, there was a dark cloud over her. Well, that was mm. Natalie. And she was actually afraid to hold uh, Christopher's hand because of all the tubes and stuff. But she did after a little while. And we bonded like mad, like you do when you're moms and grandmas and whatever. So I found out that Christopher was born on Natalie's one-room home dirt floor. And shortly after Christopher was born, his mother died. Natalie's only child died. And Christopher had a hard time keeping milk down. And Natalie thought it was maybe because it wasn't his mother's, but the longer time went on, the less interested he was in the bottle and the more interested he was in sleeping. So hmm. she walked for miles from the countryside, walked for miles to get to this place in Port-au-Prince. And they don't have a lot of medical equipment there. It's not a hospital, really. They just take care of people and love on them. But they had a stethoscope. And the best thing they could figure was there must be some sort of a blockage which in the U.S. would probably be taken care of right away and all would be well and the baby would be just fine. But we're in Haiti where there's few hospitals and fewer doctors and there's where we are. So at one point in time during the day, Christopher stopped breathing and so do we. And in a flurry, a panic, we realized that his oxygen uh, tube had a kink in it. So we unkinked it quickly and he breathed again. And so we all breathed again. So it was obvious that he could not live without the oxygen. So we needed a portable oxygen tank to get him to the hospital because we called a doctor and he was ready. And he said, yes, bring him," And he would do the surgery. And the hospital wasn't far away, but it's so congested there that everything takes a long time to get anywhere. So I called everybody I knew in Port-au-Prince and I know a lot of people. I had people go look. And I called everybody and nobody could find a portable oxygen tank in a city of 2 million people, no portable oxygen tank anywhere. So then poor Natalie had to choose. If Christopher stayed there, he was gonna die. If Christopher got moved, he could likely die on the way because he wouldn't have any air. And but she knew his only hope really was surgery. So the choice was made. They pulled a van up to the closest door and kept the engine running. And then one of them scooped Christopher up. The other one grabbed his IV bag and took his oxygen off and they ran to the door. And it was just so quickly. And then I looked and Natalie was standing next to me. And I'm like, Natalie, go, go, go. And then she looked down at her feet. And she was barefooted and mm. she knew the hospital would not let her in without shoes. So I quick whipped off my sandals and I put them in one of her hands and I grabbed her arm and I ran to the door with her and she hopped in just as the van was pulling away. That's when I realized what love that is kind is. We all, we all know kind, right? We do kind things. We do. We're, we're kind to people. Everybody should be kind. But love that is kind is a little bit more than that. I gave Natalie my sandals. I think anybody would in that circumstance. I would go shoeless for the rest of my life if it meant she could be with that baby boy. But I knew that I would never see my sandals again and never see Natalie again. And that's what love that's kind is. It is showing kindness, doing something kind, being kind with zero expectation of getting anything in return. 
no thank you, no reciprocal casserole, nothing, zero. And how many times do you hear people say, gosh, they didn't even say thank you, or I went to their kid's graduation party, where are they at mine, right? But as soon as you you expect something in return, then it's no longer love. That's not love. And love that is kind has zero expectations. So what I gave Natalie that day, of course, I gave her my shoes, but I realized too, what she gave me was so much more. This was her baby boy. This was her only living relative. And she shared him with me all day and let me get to know him and her and spend the day with them. And what she gave me was so much more than a pair of shoes. That's so powerful there. The, the whole not expecting anything in return because the society that we live in, a lot of times we're like, I will do this for you if you do this for me. It's a powerful thing when you have these individuals that are building the legacy and really understanding that it's a bigger vision. It's a bigger mission that's trying to be accomplished. And Patrick and I bring up this idea that as you're building something, create a vehicle large enough that people can jump on with you, go after whatever you're trying to build, but also turn around and help somebody else chase their dreams. And it's a powerful thing when you have that ripple effect. And so like you talked about, like the shoes weren't important. It was that ability to help somebody else have the the life that they're looking to continue with that connection piece with maybe their, their only family member and just keeping to build that and having that love piece. And so that's huge really to have that different perspective. And it's one of those things that as we go through life, if we can help somebody just change their perspective in one degree, what that does for the rest of our society and for everybody else's life. And so I think as a legacy ninja that's sitting and listening to this is change that perspective. See if there's something that you're missing that is being shared here to do and look at things differently. And so I would figure, because I know you've got the humanitarian aspect, the project that you have and route that you're working on. So I would figure a lot of this that you've experienced with the Haitian community, there's different things on that journey piece, really built into building up that humanitarian aspect that you have um, putting out there. When you look at what you're building with that piece, how does that tie into the legacy that you're wanting to leave behind? And once you're gone, allows your name to continue moving forward because that's the most important thing for people to think about is once you're gone, how long does your name survive you? The organization, Raise of Hope International, we're a partnering organization. So we help people in their own country that have a passion, a mission, a vision to do something to help people in their own country. So they understand the language, they understand the culture, and they really understand the need. We think we know what people need. We always think we know, but sometimes the number one need is not what we think the number one need is. And so we just walk alongside. And uh, sometimes it means helping with the business plan and helping with some seed money to get things going, helping always with a sustainability plan. So they're not always chasing dollars, helping with supplies, you know, kind of whatever they need to really get off the ground. And those things live on. So I've worked with a couple hundred, at least organizations in Haiti alone, and I work in other countries as well, but just in Haiti. And a lot of them I don't work with anymore because they have a farming project or they have something that they're doing 
so that money is coming into the organization. So then we, I can walk away and go help somebody else. So that's hopefully the legacy is that those things will continue. And, it, and for the most part, it's schools or vocational training or um, medical clinics, uh, hospitals, even uh, water projects. Those are the main, main things that we work with. Yeah, that that's a beautiful thing. Just the the fact of touching those different aspects, and when you really think about it, that ripple effect that that has with being able to give those resources, help build those resources, and really the longevity. Uh, because the biggest asset for anybody is you as the individual, and so by helping somebody really tap into the human needs and have those fulfilled. How much more does that impact them? How much more does that allow them to impact the lives of others? And so it's that that ripple effect that you could impact one person. They know six people. And then it's just a bigger ripple effect that just keeps expanding out. And you just never know. Somebody that you could have impacted through what you're doing could be the next Elon Musk in regards to creating some different uh, thought ideas, some different projects and whatnot. And you just never know. So it's this fact that what you're doing and what you're putting out there, how big of a tree that you're planting that really could do some massive, massive changes and really set people up to have a, a, flourishing life and really go out there and make an impact in other people's lives. So I don't know if that's something that you really thought about and really sat down and said, I've had this worked out. This is things that are moving forward. Have you looked and really considered how many people you're potentially impacting or have you ever thought or visioned the boy in Haiti or the little girl in Haiti and just who they could become and who they may grow up to become and the impact that they make. Yeah, well, that that is the truth. And I don't really think about the numbers, but you're right. I mean, everything should have a ripple effect. And, you know, there's schools that we started years ago that are still going. And so there's more students each year. So education is so powerful or, you know, clean water. So many people in our world don't have clean water. They drink water that makes them sick. And so water projects you know, certainly do something. But I'll tell you, I was in the Dominican Republic with a group. I took a group of teenagers there to do some help with the construction project and work alongside a Dominican crew and uh, high schoolers. It was really good for them, by the way. It was really good for me too. And when I was there, there was this young boy who they saw a lot of potential in. Young boy, I mean, teenager. And they said, uh, gosh, could you bring, bring him home? Because he needs to learn English. He can learn English. This kid, there's no stopping him. I said, sure. I cannot tell you, this was years ago. So I can't even tell you how it was legal for me to even bring this kid home. But somehow we got through with no issues. And he's my son. He spent the rest of his time growing up in my house. And his name is Christian. And he did need to learn English and he's smart and he's capable and he's hardworking. And now Christian runs everything that we do in the Dominican Republic. I don't ever have to think about the Dominican Republic because he does it all. So he's got several schools, um, medical clinics, water projects, food projects, agricultural projects, community projects. 
it just keeps growing and growing and growing. So his impact alone, one kid, his impact alone has touched so many thousands of people. It's incredible. And so you're right. I mean, just each and every one can make a difference in other people's lives. It's one of these things that until you connect with somebody and it may not be in your circle, you may never know. And so by being able to share these type of stories, these visions, these views on legacy, it does open up our audience and other people that we can connect with to hear and go and do the research and do the look in. The, the fact that you've had that journey, the, the journey and the legacy of love and whatnot, and now where you're at, Kim, what is it for you that you want to implement with continue to live out that legacy piece that you're putting out there in your building? Well, I am so passionate about what I found out about love. The entire world would be a whole different place if people understood love, truly understood love, and then lived it. You know, love, sometimes we think it's an emotion right? And we think of love between a couple, but love is so much bigger, of course, than that. And it's so much greater. And it's not an emotion like fear or excitement. It's something that you live and give and it walks and it talks and it's who you can become. You can become love to others. And if you understand that and understand then what that means, you know, that then shapes your decisions and what you say and how you behave. And then it means that Democrats and Republicans could actually sit down together and enjoy a conversation instead of a confrontation. Like people should be able to get along. Everyone should be allowed to have their own opinion. One thing that I figured out is we can't control other people. We have no (laughs) control over other people. We control ourselves and our thoughts and our behaviors, and that's it. You're not going to change anybody's mind. Mm. If you say something on Facebook, you're going to lose friends. Like, why bother? Like, it's okay for people to have different opinions. That's okay. Not everybody's going to agree with you. And love would say, let them. Let people have their opinion. Let people live who they believe they are. Let Mm. people live their true life. No judgment, no condemnation. Just let people be, let people be, let it be. And what I figured out is when you do that and you're not constantly judging at, oh my gosh, I don't like their lifestyle. I don't like what they're doing. Oh my gosh, they're in the wrong political party. Or, oh, geez, did you see what they said about the president? Good or bad, you know, whatever. When you let that go and you let people be who they are, then it is freedom beyond your imagination. It is complete and total freedom because now you are free to just love. You don't have the pressure of trying to fix people or trying to decide what's right or wrong or think that people are someday going to stand in a line and you're going to say, you're in, you're in, you're out, you're out. That's not our job. That's not our job. Our job is to love, period. That's all we have to do. So that is... What I'm so passionate about right now, because I just know the world would change. <laughs> uh, just, just to see your passion and just to see the body language when it came into that piece. 
it, it's phenomenal. And it's just the, the passion that people can feel is going to be that lightning rod to help somebody else make that shift, shift the perspective. And it, it's the fact of really just accepting people where they're at and creating that space for people to come in and be their true authentic self is what we're missing a lot of times. And so that's a powerful thing to really say, okay, this is where this person's at, except them where they're at, but create that space. But I, the, the catch on that is people have this fear of what are somebody else going to think about me? If I make this connection, what is it going to happen? So sometimes you get in your own way. So you got to put that ego to the side and quit being your biggest judgment piece and just meet people where they're at. So the, the love piece and the authentic true love is humongous and something that really the world needs more of. And so by the legacy that you're building, Kim, and what you've done, really planting those seeds and helping people shift is a huge thing. And then it's more than one person being impacted, that's for sure. So it's funny how you hear people are like, I just want to impact one person. That's such a small number. We've got to think bigger. Um, But I think sometimes if we think bigger, we get scared because they're like, well, if I say I want to impact a billion people, what's somebody going to say? And it's like, You've got to understand that you have a message, you have a gift that somebody else needs, go share it and go make the impact to make the world a better place because of you showing up and being yourself. Right. That's so true. That's so true. And love comes back at you in that you need to love yourself. You're created to be whoever it is that you're created to be. And that's perfect and wonderful. And the fact that people are different is a beautiful thing. Can you imagine a world where we were all the same? It would be so boring. Like there'd be no TV shows. There'd certainly be no news. There'd be no anything. I don't know what there would be. We would be zombies or something. It's beautiful that we're all different. It's a wonderful thing. And there's no two people alike. So you are you. And that is so special. That's so special. So embrace it, embrace it. And like you said, you, you got to get out of your head. But get into your head to love yourself. Then you get out of the way. So love yourself first and then love other people and get out of the way and do what you're supposed to do. And, and you know, numbers do not matter. Numbers are not important. If everybody helped one person, even, even just one person in whatever way, or, or even said, you know what, today I'm going to look for ways to help someone. It doesn't have to be in Haiti. It doesn't have to be overseas. It can be your next door neighbor who maybe she's older and you can go get her groceries or help somebody with their groceries to their car or just even little things make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So be who you are and just do things for people. Love, Love people. When you think of everything that's happened within your life, the connections that you've made, the journey that you've been on, what are some gratitude pieces that you have? Who are some people that really resonate that you want to give gratitude to show gratitude? Maybe people you haven't been able to say thank you or show that gratitude for. What are some of those individuals for yourself? Maybe part of the journey um, that you have the gratitude piece for. Well, I'll tell you, I, the first time that I went to the Dominican Republic, I learned about this organization that I just loved and and it was a partnering organization and I'd never heard that model before. And it was created by this man, Jim Wilson, near Toronto, Ontario. And he was incredible. He changed my life. He changed my life dramatically. Pastor Michelle, this incredible pastor, he's 
phenomenal. This man, talk about touching lives and touching multitudes. He is in Ouagadougou. He's uh, Burkina Bay. So he's in Burkina Faso. And he could just sit back and be a pastor at a church and live his life. But no, he has the only school for the deaf in the country. He's got the only Christian radio station. He has uh, built this school for kids from villages that they used to think that the chiefs and the elders and whoever in different villages thought that they were substandard somehow, didn't realize that they could ever learn how to read and write. They thought that's why they didn't know how, because they weren't capable of learning. He proved to them that they're capable of learning. And he started this school. So the kids go back in the summer. They're there for harvest. They're there for the holidays, you know, whatever, which is all good. They bring some rice and beans back with them. But they are getting an education. And now some of those kids are doctors. And they're going back and they're traveling through villages and helping people. And some are teachers. And, and he started vocational school. And Pastor Michelle is just an amazing, amazing man and changed my life dramatically. And so many friends, I, I have friends that have changed my life in really big ways. My best friend from high school, Sheila, was sort of, sort of balanced me out. You know, I, I had all these big dreams and I can go do this and I'll go do that. And sometimes my mouth got ahead of my feet and my mouth wasn't saying the right things. And she settled me down and just go, just breathe for a second, just breathe. So there are a lot of people. That's a great question. I love that. Yeah, no, it, it's Patrick's favorite thing uh, because the, the idea that we have to understand the power of gratitude and what that does for us in the long run. And it, it's unique that if you're waking up and you're having a bad day, starting with gratitude is one of those things that can really switch things for you and make a huge wave of change for you in your daily life. And it can be tough because sometimes we're so centered to everything that we forget the power of gratitude. And so just take the time to be present, have the, the gratitude of being alive and being here as a human to go make an impact in the lives of others. So appreciate that information, appreciate the share there and just highlighting individuals that have impacted your life and the gratitude piece there for you. Uh, and so as we wrap up here with the humanitarian organization that you have, and I know you have a couple of books if people wanted to connect and help out with the humanitarian organization or purchase your books or connect with you on social media, how can they go about best um, to connect with you? What's the one best avenue for you to be able to connect with you and start building that relationship and maybe seeing how they can help out with what you have with building your legacy and what you're putting out there? Yeah, I can use all the help I can get. And I love to connect with people. I just love it. And I am Kim Sorrell. And I am the only Kim Sorrell spelled my way in the entire world, believe it or not, because my last name has way too many letters. S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E, two R's, two E's, two L's. It goes on forever. KimSorrell.com is my website. I am on all the social media platforms. Uh, anybody can connect with me at any time. Kim at KimSorrell.com is my email address. I'd love to hear from people. I have a, a love challenge on my website, a 14-day love challenge that anybody can go to. And if you go do it, I will send you a WWLD wristband, what would love do wristband. 
I love to connect with people. And my latest book, Love Is, uh, is available everywhere. It's, it's available, you know, at all the major booksellers. It's available in brick and mortar stores like Barnes and Noble, and it's available on Amazon. It's a simple title, Love Is. And that's somebody I should have said I'm grateful for is Jack Canfield, who is Chicken Soup for the Soul okay. series. So Jack read my book and loved it. And he wanted to interview me and he has introduced me to people. He thinks my book should be a movie. Like mm -hmm. he's helped me so much. Like my book is selling. And a lot of it is because Jack uh, made these great connections for me. Thank you, Jack, if you ever listen to this. So, uh, but yes, I'm easy to connect with and love, love to connect. That, that's interesting because uh, we had a previous guest, Dave Combs, and he actually wrote a book and he had Jack give him a forward in that book too. And it's interesting, just the people that were connecting with me and able to have them come on and seeing the connections that they have and just the overlap is a phenomenal thing. So that that's wonderful, especially with Jack giving you that advice and kind of helping you out and whatnot is huge. Um, so it... It'll be phenomenal if it does become a movie and kind of seeing that iteration for the story too, because you can bring some different things to life and whatnot. So I think that would be phenomenal to have that come to life. So hopefully we have something that comes down the road and that does come to fruition for you just as another avenue to impact somebody else and just to build upon the legacy. So that's that's exciting to hear. So. I, I think uh, once we hear something, we'll be here, be able to share it and whatnot. So, but for all the connection pieces that you shared, we'll put links in the show notes um, for the books, the website and whatnot. So that way, anybody that's listening can go check it out, go help out and just really be part of that legacy because each of us play a key role into helping other people out. So don't think about yourself. Think about the purpose of why you're here and how you can help somebody else build their legacy along with building your tribe and building your crew to build your own legacy and make that impact that's meant for you and your purpose here on earth. Exactly, exactly. Very well said. So well said. So other than that, Kim, uh, Patrick and I, even though Patrick's not here, we want to thank you for your time. Thank you for joining with us, joining our Legacy Ninjas, sharing your legacy and just providing another perspective that somebody can extract from and go and change how they see life or go and extract what's inside them that they know is there and go put that forward and just impact somebody else. So other yeah, it's than funny that, you say, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but it's funny that you say that because that's one thing that's happening is people are buying love is for other people because they, everybody should have love. Everybody needs to understand love better and uh you know for for whatever for their neighbor for their kids for their parents you know whoever whoever in your life and so that's that's been a fun thing to see too awesome no it's, it's an impact piece it's just part of who you are that legacy of love and really that extension piece to help somebody else see it. So it's everything that you've put out, everything that you have building for yourself, Kim, is just that extension piece to help extend that legacy and really bring your vision to life and just make the major impact in the world that we need to see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it all up. And thank you so much for letting me be here. And I love your show and everybody should listen. It's an awesome show. 
Appreciate that. No, I appreciate that. Um, so other than that, for our Legacy Ninjas, thank you for joining us. Thank you for allowing us to be on your journey. Other than that, enjoy life. Let's go. We'll catch you on the next episode.